Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest. My guest today is Mr. Alan Weiss. Now Alan is an acclaimed consultant, speaker, and author. Today we're going to talk about his new book called Life Storming, how, uh, how you can create meaning and achievement in your career and life. He's co-authored this with Marshall Goldsmith. And Alan is, uh, as I said before, and a very accomplished author. Uh, he's written uh, the best-selling million-dollar consulting book, of which uh, I'm a proud owner and reader. Uh, he, along with uh, Marshall, have published over 100 books on uh, human behavior. So we're talking about a, a real expert here today, uh, and I'm sure we're going to learn an awful lot about life storming. So, uh, Alan, Alan uh, welcome to the show today. And before we get started, if you don't mind, I'd like for you to share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work. Well, thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, I mentioned two things. I, I just got back from Greece. I've been to 60 countries, uh, nice. but never Greece. And we went to Athens and climbed up in the Acropolis, and uh, then we went to Mykonos, and uh, it was just a spectacular trip. Uh, and the other thing is, I'm, I've just purchased a second home. I'm just closing on it, uh, but not to live in. I'm going to rent out the house, but it's got a, uh, an unattached carriage house, which I'm keeping, uh, not part of the rental, and I'm going to erect a huge um, electric train layout in there. So uh, that's what I'm up to. I love it. That's that's awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really uh, excited today, uh, Alan, to uh, talk with you about life storming. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith has been on our show before uh, with another book of his. But I'm really excited that uh, you and Marshall have uh, joined forces together to create life storming. If you would, uh, tell uh, our listeners, what is the basic foundation uh, for life storming? What are you hoping to accomplish here? Well, we want to help people understand that every day, subtly, 
insidu- insidiously, you know, mm-hmm. insidiously, uh, their power and control can be eroded. Uh, and what we want to show them is they can take back that power and control, uh, and that nobody is totally in control of their lives. You know, things like uh, some motivational speech that tells you you can do anything you think is ridiculous. On the other hand, uh, simply giving up and saying, I have no control, the IRS and the weather and all these external factors control me. What Marshall and I have found is that really there's a reciprocity. And there are some things that do control you, laws and regulations, but we have a lot of control if we don't surrender it. So we teach people how to see that and then how to uh, adapt the skills and apply them to control their lives uh, to their own ends. Well, I know that you had uh, accomplished on this that you wanted to make it a, a more of a practical how-to guide, not just a, a why things happen. Is that a correct statement? It is. In fact, uh, a lot of the reviews we've been getting uh, extol the fact that the final chapter uh, is a lengthy test on uh, the contents of the book and how people can put all of these different concepts to work. So it is meant to be pragmatic and immediately applicable. Well, uh, share with our listeners, uh, you know, your philosophy and what you guys learned here about how how do we get trapped into believing uh, that forces uh, that are at work in our life uh, cause us to lose control? What happens and how can we begin to be alert for it? Well, it's, it's unbelievable. For example, in, in studying this, here's what we found. Uh, if somebody's at a gym uh, and they're working out and they're looking into the gym on their machine or with their weights and watching other people work out, they tend to work out harder. However, if they're looking out a window at whatever's outside, doesn't matter what it is, they tend to work out less hard. If people are in a restaurant and the server at their table is somewhat overweight, they tend to order more food. And if the server is fit and trim, they tend to order less food. We found that um, when people vote, let's say that they're voting for um, oh, um, uh, uh, um, a school bond, if the voting place is in a school, the turnout, the positives for that bond are much higher. If it's infrastructure, they're voting in a firehouse, much higher. So every day, these subtle forces, uh, that's what I meant by invidious, these these subtle forces uh, are determining how we act. Uh, The other part of this is that uh, if you think about a permission meter, which we created and put in the book, a lot of people never give themselves permission. They're constantly searching for others to give them permission first when they don't really need it. And that's that strongly hinders your ability to control your life. I totally agree with that. I, I, I find it, uh, I, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that in terms of a permission, uh, but I think that explains uh, why social media has taken on such a, a, a almost crazy role in our lives. I mean, people well, are on it all the time. Media? You, you, Steve, you raise a great point. What happens with social media is confirmation bias. And so you get on the social media platforms, especially Facebook, and you tend to listen to, take on as friends, pay attention to only those opinions which support your own beliefs. You don't listen to other voices. And so this is confirmation bias. You simply take those things that confirm where you are. Mm-hmm. As far as permission is concerned, you know, it, all of us have been on airplanes. And picture an airplane. It takes off. The seatbelt sign, of course, is on. You get to 10,000 feet and 20,000 feet and finally cruising altitude. Uh, 35,000 feet, the seatbelt sign is still on, Uh, the pilot hasn't said a word, and you have to use the lavatory. 
And what you do is you sit there, you know, and let's say you're in the front of the plane, you can see the lavatory, uh, but you sit there because the seatbelt sign is still on, but you're getting uncomfortable. But then somebody behind you gets up and uses the lavatory and then leaves and says, now everybody's willing to get up because that person's actions have given you permission. And that's what I mean by taking control of your life. <laughs> I think we've all you know, been there on an airplane. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. When I presented that, Marshall's such a great guy, you know, and Marshall said to me, Alan, tell me about this concept you're working on. How does it work? And I told him just what I told you. And Marshall said, oh, my God, that's happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, For me, uh, Alan, I just look for the cue uh, from my wife. Uh, She'll get up when she's ready to go. And once she's done that, then I've got complete permission to go with her. It's all good. (laughs) You've got a permission partner, Steve. I know, and I like it. It's pretty cool. It works out really well right. for me. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, in the book, you also talk about our goals. And uh, help us understand a little bit about what's going on with our goals, why we choose them, and uh, how can we begin to think about goals differently? Because I find uh, people today to be really uh, very poor at goal setting and achieving their objectives. Uh, has that been your experience as well? Yes, it is. And the problem is, as we grow and mature and get better, we should set the bar higher and higher, but we don't. And what happens is we look to the past instead of the future. So two examples. One is our goals are often set under very, very uh, old circumstances. Uh, we study law because our father's a lawyer, or people expect us to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family's been in dentistry. They've been in insurance. And we're pushed in these directions without really determining what we want to do. Because the key is to do what you love doing and are great at. That is what a career is about. That's an art form. Do what you love doing and you're great at. The second thing is that, you know, people talk about getting rid of baggage, but we all need baggage. I mean, we need stuff. We need clothing. We need accessories. But the thing is, you've got to keep changing the baggage. And just because you have baggage doesn't mean it's the right baggage. So periodically, we have to dump out what we have and pack our own bags. And that's the equivalent of setting our own goals. But instead, we let normative pressure and society set those goals for us. And we're told what we can and can't do. And that goes back to our original premise of losing control of your life. I, I think that's very important. I, I, it, uh, an example in my own life comes to mind back whenever I was a uh, a young man and see if this is similar to uh, what you're talking about. Uh, I was working for a very large uh, telecommunications company at that time, the largest in the world. And they assigned uh, goals and quotas. I was in a sales position. But for me, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think that was the right thing for me. I th- they were assigning a goal, but it seemed to me that I needed to change that and put my own goals so that I could maximize my own desires and compensation. Uh, is that similar to what you're talking about where I really, I took their goals and then I added mine on top of it? That's true. You're exactly right. Now, think about how much uh, more harmful it is when that's not a question of how much you sell in a company, but it's a question of how you choose to live your life. Absolutely. You know, people have these bucket lists, for example, and they're kind of silly uh, because, uh, you know, you have to do these 17 things or your life is a failure. But life's not about that. Life's about discretionary time and enjoying yourself and contributing back uh, and we lose sight of that well no question we do I think we all do it and uh, when, when I looked at this book I can't help but 
wonder, uh, it, it may be a silly question, but I think it would be irrelevant to a lot of our, our, our listeners. Uh, when you and uh, Marshall uh, worked together on this, you called it life storming. And I, that in itself is a, a beautiful word, but share with our listeners, really, what, what were you guys looking at when you thought about life storming? Well, I agree with you. I think it's relevant to a lot of your listeners because a lot of them own small businesses or mid-sized businesses and, or they founded businesses. And what we're thinking of is this, to storm, you know, the, in the military sense, to storm is to aggressively seize and take something. It's an offensive maneuver. Mm-hmm. And we felt that life storming depicted how one should take control of one's life with an offensive maneuver. You don't live life defensively. Just like the, your, your listeners' companies are not going to grow by cutting. You, you don't cut your way to growth. The same thing with life. You have to be aggressive and assertive. And so you have to take life by storm. And while there are some forces that tend to um, take some control and tend to influence us, we can really minimize them. Uh, if we realize how much power that we have. And the book is intended to give people power pragmatically, not, uh, not rah-rah, not woo-woo, not motivational talks, but specific skills they can use. For example, we discuss character in there and the six traits of character and how to develop them. I, I know you did, and why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about those uh, six traits, maybe a couple of them, and kind of whet our appetite a little bit about it. Well, sure. Well, let me just give you two of the six. Just no special order. One is generosity. Uh, people who with high character uh, are generous. Uh, they don't see life as a hydraulic system where someone wins only if somebody else loses. Uh, and they give of themselves. Now, I'm not talking writing a check. Uh, I am talking about giving of their time, giving of their knowledge, uh, giving of their uh, other kinds of resources, sharing things with people. Uh, that's generosity. Generosity isn't just um, contributing. That mm-hmm. is, somebody comes to you and you give them, so you contribute to a cause. It's donating. It's, it's proactively giving things. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a wonderful phrase. I don't know who said it. I give them credit. But it says, charity is not about how much you give. It's about how much you have left after you give. Mm-hmm. So generosity is a key element of character. The second thing I'll mention uh, is intellect. Uh, and character is very dependent on high intellect. Now, I don't mean a high IQ score. Uh, what I mean is people who are lifelong learners, uh, people who are not afraid to take on and try new skills. Uh, you know, there's, I've always um, looked at people as in two camps. Uh, I love this Japanese delicacy called uni, which is sea urchin. And it's delicious, but it has a sort of peculiar texture. And there are people in life who won't, ta- won't taste it. They won't touch it even though they've never tried it, they're not allergic to it. And there are other people in life who are eager to taste it and touch it and and see what it's like. (laughs) And I think uh, intellect is the ability to intelligently experiment and broaden your horizons. Well, even if we did nothing other than that, we would be so much further ahead, wouldn't we, if we really had that, uh, that mindset. And, and so much of what you're talking about really is uh, a, a what we often talk about on this show, a, a part of a leadership mindset, is it not? Well, that's right. And, you know, there's no perfect form of leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a range of leadership behaviors. Flexibility is very important. Uh, but, you know, Marshall has coached executives, and I've coached entrepreneurs. So we felt there was a lot of synergy. We're both 
highly effective coaches, but in different areas. And we combined our, our experiences, our abilities. And leadership is about uh, having the, the wherewithal, the flexibility, to apply different skills uh, in different kinds of situations. Uh, and sometimes you have to make a tough decision and a very independent and leader-alone decision. And then sometimes you can be consensus and you can involve other people. Knowing when to use which is really the key to leadership. Mm, very, very true, very true, and very important. Uh, one of the things that you point out in the book and you talk about it is the concept of change. And I think most people in uh, leadership positions, entrepreneurs, or as well as corporate world, understand that, that change is a part of our life. Uh, but so many people struggle with change. Uh, what is your idea or what is your suggestion uh, about how to approach change? People uh, are as afraid of change as they are as the monster under the bed when they're young. And the fact is, you know, there's never a monster under the bed and there's never a reason to fear change. And here's why. You have to realize that we change every day. Uh, you go into work or you go into an appointment or you're going out recreationally and there's a traffic jam. So what do you do? You find another way to get there. Uh, you want to um, uh, go someplace and the uh, plane is delayed or it's canceled. You find another way to get there. Uh, something at home uh, doesn't perform the way it should. You find a different way to cook the food or clean the clothes. So every day we're making adjustments and we're changing and we accept change. And most people in organizational life and this is important for people who own businesses, most employees love a change that brings about a better future. They're all for it. Mm -hmm. What they get, what they have a problem with is the journey. And so if they can see that future picture and they say, that looks great, I know that looks great and I know where I am today, but how do I get there? I'm worried about that. What great leaders do is they show them how to get there. They say, here's the journey, follow me. Mm -hmm. And therefore change is no longer threatening. I totally agree with that approach uh, and, and highly recommend it to all of us. And uh, so this part of change uh, that we have, uh, it also brought to mind that all of us, uh, because we do, uh, if we're blessed to grow older and continue to learn, our priorities in life change as well, don't they? Well, they do. And, uh, you know, that's why earlier I told you we found that uh, as people get older and learn and mature, they have to raise the bar. And when you raise the bar, you have to make deliberate changes, proactive changes. For example, one of the things that we talk about in the book is what we call critical abandonment. And critical abandonment means that you need to drop off some friends. Uh, some friends from long ago no longer serve you well. I'm not talking about being callous. I'm not talking about just walking away from people who mean a lot to you. But there are friends who now have different beliefs from you. Uh, there are friends from the old neighborhood who are no longer appropriate. There are friends from school who are no longer appropriate. I tell people in business who are entrepreneurs, every year, try to drop off the bottom 15% of your business because it's holding you back. You have to let go to reach out. And so this is critical abandonment, and it's the proactive use of change so that you continue to raise your bar. Wow. I, I absolutely love that concept, and uh, I, I know that it's very valuable, and it certainly has been valuable in my life, so I totally recommend that. Uh, to to anyone. Now, Marshall, I know the book uh, is is going to be a great uh, success, and I know people are going to want to uh, connect with you as well as learn more about the book. Why don't you share with our listeners uh, the best way for them to get a copy? Well, the best thing to do is to go on Amazon. 
because uh, Amazon always has the best rates. Uh, you can also go directly to the publisher, which is Wiley, or to Barnes & Noble or places like that. Uh, if you want to order it from my bookstore, you can, which is uh, summitconsulting.com, S-U-M-M-I-T, consulting.com. Uh, and you can also go to my blog, contrarianconsulting.com. And there's, in both places, there's all kinds of free material, text, audio, and video, about the book and about these concepts. Well, I love it. And uh, for those of you who are listening today uh, and you're exercising, uh, as usual, we'll put uh, convenient links in the post to make it easy for you to go and get a copy of uh, all of the great things that Alan has already referred to today. Uh, Alan, oh, they're exercising... If they're exercising, Steve, they got to look at other people exercising. They'll the, do better, right? The, yeah, I noticed that you said that, and I, th- I think that's very <laughs> important. Uh, I, I couldn't help but think uh, back uh, before, I, when I was younger, I used to do a, a, a lot of uh, exercise classes. I did a lot of aerobics classes uh, before my knee kind of gave w- uh, way to that kind of thing. Uh, but, oh my gosh, uh, the competition of watching other people in the mirror kept me going. Uh, I had never really thought about that until you mentioned it today. Uh, I think it's great advice for all of us. So, uh, Alan, as we uh, kind of wrap it up here, uh, coming to the close of our interview, uh, what would be the top two recommendations that you would have for our listeners today for for them to be thinking about how they can begin to to transform or in your words storm life the way that they should the first thing i would tell them is uh, every week set some time aside to simply think about where you are and where you'd like to be in a year and what you need to do to get there take time out from the phone calls and from the email and from social media uh, and from dealing with other people Uh, You only have to take 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be a lot. But if you don't deliberately put it aside, you won't do it. So call it your weekly sabbatical, if you will. 30 minutes a week. Think about where you are, where you want to be, and what it needs to take to get there. Because if you don't make it happen, it won't happen. And the second thing is, uh, I would urge everyone uh, to give yourselves more permission. Don't wait for other people to give you permission. Uh, take it for yourself, seize it. Don't do anything illegally or, or unethically, <laughs> but seize the day. You know, carpe diem. Uh, you're entitled to it, and if you do it, uh, you'll build up a wonderful momentum. Great advice for all of us, Alan, and I, I'm absolutely going to take your advice, and I appreciate that myself. Uh, our, our guest today has been Alan Weiss. He's the co-author with Marshall Goldsmith of the new book, Life Storming. <laughs> creating meaning and achievement in your career in life. Uh, Alan, uh, congratulations on the book. I know it's going to be a great blessing to a lot of people. And thank you for being on our show. We certainly wish you continued success in everything you do. And I hope your train station comes out really awesome. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure being here. I appreciate it. Steve here, and one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.